Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Oh my, DeAndre Ayton staying in Phoenix, but really the bigger story is all of the different aspects of his staying in Phoenix that affect that are affected around the league or something that would make sense. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. I couldn't quite get that out there. That's all right, though. You know what I was talking it's about. It's Friday. I get it. I everybody it. is affected by what's going on yeah. with DeAndre Ayton. And by everybody, I mean Kevin Durant, and I certainly mean Donovan Mitchell as well. We mm-hmm. are presented by Progressive Insurance in Fort Greene today. Look, the fact that Ayton is staying is interesting in that the Suns, basically challenged him to go out and find a deal that he could get, and then he did, and they matched it in about five seconds. But (laughs) when you want to think about what the perspective is on how uh, that affects everything else, here's Brian Windhorst, ESPN's NBA insider, on that. It doesn't eliminate it at all, but it certainly diminishes it. Um, By matching this offer sheet, uh, the Suns cannot trade DeAndre Ayton until after January 15th, and he's got veto power on trades for the next year. He was a big piece that they wanted to put in a deal for Kevin Durant. Even if he wouldn't end up in Brooklyn, they wanted to use him so that they didn't have to use any of the other valued assets they have on their roster and frankly that's why the Pacers put them to the test they signed this offer sheet because they thought maybe they wouldn't want to close down Durant Avenues and they matched it within minutes and I think what that tells you is right now not only are the Suns nowhere near any traction on a deal with the Nets for Durant but they're not even sure any traction is going to come so they had to take care of their center from their 64 win team and live to fight another day on the Durant front I'll take it a step further they're dead in the water on Kevin Durant they don't have it now. Yeah, yeah. the Phoenix Suns botched this one. Yep. And, here, and here's the thing, Carlin. you got to know your personnel, but you also got to know the marketplace. And I remember Wode saying before the playoffs were even up that there was going to be max money out there for DeAndre Ayton. Now, it took a while for it to develop because I think the Kevin Durant of it all caught people in NBA circles off guard. But you knew that DeAndre Ayton was going to be able to fetch a max contract. There was going to be a significant offer sheet out there that you didn't want to match. You didn't see the value in him. You didn't want to resign him. You didn't want to pay him this $33 million. But now you're forced to because you can't let the former number one overall pick walk out of the door and get nothing for him. But now that delays your pursuit of Kevin Durant and you're inviting all of these other teams to get in on the act. Just think about this for a second, Carlin. What would a deal have looked like and whether or not the Brooklyn would accept it is, is debatable. But think about the pressure you put on the Brooklyn Nets. If you have DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, five first-round draft picks, four first-round pick swaps. I mean, think about the pressure you put on the Brooklyn Nets to make a deal right now. Yeah. I think that's what you should have tried to do before this development with the Indiana Pacers came about. But now that door is slammed shut. So – I don't see a world where Kevin Durant ends up in Phoenix before the season starts, and I do think this opens the door to other possibilities. No, they completely misplayed that hand, the Suns did. Yeah, they fat-handed it. Absolutely, yeah. and and they got hosed as a result, and here they are, and the window was wide open for them to do it. That's on them. But where exactly is Kevin Durant going now? He's not going to Miami. They don't have it. No matter what you want to think, Tyler Hero is not the centerpiece of any Kevin Durant deal. Yeah. It's just, he's, he's not. A six man of the year is nice. It is he's not starting, first of all. But secondly, I mean, six man of the year, you go look at the list of the guys who win six man of the year, 
they're, they're not future Hall of Famers. No. And it's not a knock-on hero. It's just he's not that guy, and they don't have enough there around him to get that done. So where else could he possibly go? It's not happening in Golden State. Doesn't seem like that's terribly no. likely. Yeah. Where else? Nick Fredell told us last hour very bluntly, they don't need Kevin Durant. I mean, that's an amazing statement to make, but well, it's 100% they just proved, true. They just proved it. Yes, you they did. I mean, Draymond Green said did. it at the end of the Kevin Durant era in Golden State, and guess what? Draymond Green was right. He was proven right this year. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, Golden State doesn't need him. I think it becomes interesting when you look at a team like the Toronto Raptors. Maybe Masai Ujiri is lying in the weeds, waiting for the market to, to pull back a little bit, and then he puts together an offer – that consists of Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. Maybe that, along with picks and pick swaps, is enough to lure um, Kevin Durant to Toronto. Do you think Kevin Durant wants to go play in Toronto? Well, it worked out for Kawhi Leonard, didn't it? It did. It did. So, I but mean, that was a one-year deal, and he kind of knew he could get out. That but it's quickly. not like an organization. It's not like that organization doesn't know how to win championships. Yeah. And Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet, Van Vliet, That is a contending team in the Eastern Conference. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, whether Kevin Durant wants to go there or not, I don't know how much leverage Kevin Durant has over the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sure the Nets want to do right by him and send him someplace he would prefer, but they don't necessarily have to do that. The, 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 the marching orders for Sean Marks from Josiah is to do what's in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets, not what's in the best interest of Kevin Durant. They tried that before. It didn't work out. They let Kevin pick his running mate in Kyrie Irving. They let Kevin pick his coach. And look at the disaster that the Brooklyn Nets were the last three years. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And then the other impact it has is on the Donovan Mitchell situation because we had seen the different proposals that were out there for team trades that might have come together. Yes, they were proposals, you know, hypotheticals, but it certainly led to a possibility of a bigger deal happening when DeAndre Ayton was still able to be traded, and now Donovan Mitchell becomes somebody that the Utah Jazz have one place where they can go with him, maybe one or two others, but they can really stick it to the New York Knicks right now. Here's Wendy on that topic. Yeah, I think this increases the Knicks' odds. They were already the favorites, but now without really the, the much ability for the for a three-way trade involving the Suns and Nets where Aiden would be potentially used in that deal, I think it makes mo- more sense for the Knicks to you know buckle into the negotiation with the Jazz. Really, this is going to be about the price. I, the Knicks want him badly. The Jazz are prepared to trade him to New York. It's how can they figure out the cost in those draft picks. The price of stars has gone up over the last month. It's like inflation in our economy. Three, four weeks ago, three first-round draft picks probably got you a serious conversation for Donovan Mitchell. But in the wake of the Jazz deal with Rudy Gobert, where they got four picks, the Jazz are expecting to get more than that. And the Knicks have eight to trade. And and the Jazz, you listen to more with Wendy on his uh, Hoop Collective podcast, basically look at it like they got five first-round picks with Walker Kessler this year, too. Yeah, the number 22 overall pick. Not to mention they got Malik Beasley in that trade, who averaged 12 points a game, a good young player. I think he's 25 years old. A couple years ago, I think he averaged close to 22. Yeah, I mean, Malik Beasley can ball. So, I mean, the Jazz made out in that trade, but that's what Danny Ainge has been known to do. When you're making a deal with Danny Ainge, 
it's almost like you're making a deal with the devil and you're signing it in blood. Yeah. Because he's going to get the better of that trade. Just think yeah. about all of the deals that Danny Ainge has done around When you're the ready NBA. to agree on one, maybe you need to take a step back. Wait a second. Exactly. This guy might be hosing me Exactly. Here. <laughs> but here's the thing. Danny Ainge has a 25-year-old all-star in Donovan Mitchell, a player that has all NBA potential, a player that's also been a part of teams that have won playoff series. So... It it becomes interesting now what happens, the dance that the Jazz and the Knicks do, because now that Kevin Durant seems like the likely destination he was going to go is off the table, Donovan Mitchell becomes the focus of the NBA world as far as a trade asset around the league. Chris, if you're the Knicks, do not let this one slip through your fingers. Do not let somebody else sneak in here and grab Donovan Mitchell under your nose. It's certainly, boy, if you ever let the Miami Heat do that, I mean, honestly, that's a fireable offense. There's, that, there's no question about yeah, it. That, Miami, based on how they're positioned with their resources yeah. versus what the Knicks are bringing to the party. And the fact that Ainge hates Pat Riley. No, there's no way that Leon Rose and company can let Pat Riley beat him to the punch when it comes to Donovan Mitchell. But, Carlin, the question becomes, and I know this has been the most polarizing part of the Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks discussion, what happens with R.J. Barrett? And nobody has a read on it. People don't know whether or not Danny Ainge wants him and is willing to commit the $180 million extension that he'd be eligible for this season. People from the Knicks side of things, especially the fan base, they don't want to get rid of a good, young, developing player, a guy that averaged 20 points a game at 22 years old. I just I don't know that R.J. Barrett is, should be the impediment to keep the Knicks from getting Donovan Mitchell. I'm, I'm coming around more and more on it. But I would also say this. You, you just, at this point, it's not everything you have, but it's a lot of what you have. Yes. And this is why you have been gathering this for so long, and you haven't been able to do it. And this guy, I mean, there, there is no such thing as a better fit for a team than Donovan Mitchell is. Yeah. In every single way. Boy, if, it's if a this lot. doesn't happen. It's a lot. Holy it's cow. A lot, but- uh, listen, check Alan Hahn if the Knicks don't get Donovan Mitchell. Exactly. Oh, my God. Spider Mitchell alert. Hey, we got to throw this out to Shannon Penn, our producer. Oh, he's a Knicks Shannon, fan. Shannon is Nick a fan. huge Knicks fan. So, Shannon, if R.J. Barrett has to be included in the deal, uh-huh. are you doing a dance with the Utah Jazz? Yes, absolutely, without a doubt. You know why? Without a doubt. Where's with, your line? Without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know why? Because yesterday's price is not today's price. You got a chance <laughs> to get Donovan Mitchell. We know the Aiden. Th- it's it's time. It's go time. All right, but what? Where's the line? RJ and how many first round picks? What line? There is no line. <laughs> there is no line. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There you have it. That's what it what, is, Carlin. That's what it is. That that place, it, it, honestly. Burn the organization down if you can't get him. That, that's a, just a complete disaster if you don't land him. I mean, he's, he's from here. He wants to play here. His dad is an executive with the Mets. The Knicks have to make this happen. I mean, they made it happen with the other guy that wanted to be here, the other point guard in Jalen Brunson. Let's give, some, let's give some benefit of the doubt to Leon Rose. Tune in to an NL battle tomorrow night. The Giants hosting the Brewers, presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We'll have some time for your calls. We will get them in at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is there a line for you that you would draw in the sand that you will not cross when it comes to acquiring Donovan Mitchell? Up next, 
we welcome in our resident GM in the NFL. Is there entirely too much pressure on Tua going into this season? We will ask him in moments. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Dan Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN Plus. Two a days today. We discussed the Miami Dolphins a little while ago. In just a little bit, we will also get into the Chargers as well. Let's hit a call or two. 888 say ESPN. Here's Cullen in the Bronx. He's been waiting for a while. Cullen, you're on ESPN Radio. What's up, bud? It's Cullen from the Bronx. You know me, Chris. I do. I do. Katie, I, do. I miss you, brother. Miss you too, bro. What you got for us? So we're talking about the Knicks and this trade thing. I kind of agree with what uh, Carlin said. It's not necessarily a guarantee that they even want RJ. I got a trade package, but I personally draw the line at RJ Barrett. I don't want them to trade him. He's only 22. By the time he reaches 25 years old, which is Mitchell is uh, Mitchell's age, I think he could be a 25, five and five guy like Mitchell is currently right now. But the the package that I would put together to get Mitchell would include Toppin, Quickly, Grimes, and if they want Fournier, they can have him. I'll give him some for free. That's and nice three first-round picks, three unprotected first-round picks, and every single protected pick we possibly have. All right. Well, listen, it, that's it, it's a lot. According to uh, – one of the there's a report out of Utah that the Jazz earlier this week thought they were going to have a deal with the Knicks that had uh, those three young players that you mentioned and six first round picks. Yeah. I don't that deal was not done. Let's turn to some NFL right now. Welcome in Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN NFL front office insider. Mike Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today. We appreciate the time. Uh, let's just start here. How should the Nets handle the Kevin Durant situation when you have a superstar player from a GM perspective? Yeah, uh, we talked about it on Get Up Guys, which is um, look them right in the eye and just say, hey, we're not trading you. You know, we've got to do what's best for us, and uh, we are not trading you. And uh, as uncomfortable and as tough as that conversation is, you know, I know, like, in my career, like, uh, players appreciate the candor and uh, the honesty. So, um that's uh, those are the conversations that you know GMs get paid to, to do, and um, unless they get a compelling offer, I wouldn't trade them. 
Mike, we had a report surface yesterday where Sean Payton is expected to be a factor in the coaching carousel in 2023, and the three possible destinations that were floated were the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Miami Dolphins. From a general manager standpoint, how much pressure does that put on you and does that put on the coaching staff coming into the 2022 season knowing that Sean Payton is looming out there if things don't go right? Yeah, well, you know, Chris, there's always going to be pressure, right? Like, that's the nature of being a head coach, GM, quarterback. It just, it is what it is, right? So, um, that's what happens in, in these jobs. I think what's almost, like, comical, though, is, like, I did see that report come out. Like, could you be honest if you're Mike McDaniel? You've never coached a game, and they're already talking about your replacement. Literally, he's never even coached a preseason game, and they're talking <laughs> about his replacement. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. I, I thought it was a little untoward the way it kind of happened yesterday. But it, listen, it's not surprising that it would happen because we we have seen this kind of thing before. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio with Mike Tannenbaum. Mike, uh, down in Miami, the, obviously there's a ton of focus on Tua. Tyreek Hill has been pumping him up uh, throughout the offseason since he got to Miami. What is your take in terms of the pressure level involved for Tua this year? And is Tyreek Hill actually maybe not helping that? Yeah, look, there's pressure. If you're a starting quarterback, especially in a big market like Miami, you know, the day you're drafted, look, he came from Alabama. You know, there was pressure at practices. Like, that's what you sign up for when you have some of these positions. And this is a consequential year in his career. Make no mistake about it. So um, I don't think Tyreek Hill helped. But, like, the reality is, like, he has to prove, guys, that, like, he could be a front-line starting quarterback in the NFL something that he hasn't been able to do consistently so far. Mike, going out to the NFC West, and we're talking to our ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum on Greeny. I want to talk about the Trey Lance of it all. We spent a lot of time this offseason focused on Jimmy Garoppolo and where Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch could potentially move him. But the guy that they're replacing him with is a player that they invested three first-round draft picks in a couple of years ago in order to be their starting quarterback. What should be the expectations for Trey Lance coming into this season? And are the 49ers doing right by him by shipping Jimmy Garoppolo off if they do indeed decide to go down that road before the start of the season? I would not trade him. I would not trade Jimmy Garoppolo. 17-game season, I keep them both. I think Trey Lance, I loved him coming out. I'm super intrigued by him. You got a great team. You win seventy percent of games when Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. Why, why would they uh, do anything now when they don't have to? Like I, this one, I'm hard pressed to understand how they're a better football team um, training him instead of keeping him. Mike, when you look at the Chargers, they are our second team that we're going to talk about in the ESPN Radio Two Days here in a few minutes. Can they? Can, can they? win the AFC West, can they legitimately contend to go to a Super Bowl this year? You know, the AFC West guys, like, we can make an argument for all four of those teams, like, yep. in terms of they can all contend, and, and someone's not going to make the playoffs. And, you know, is Russell Wilson on the outside looking in? But all four of those teams, like, have historically, it's a, I, in my opinion, guys, it's a historic division. Um, I think the Chargers are the best, most complete team. But we can sit here, and I can make a good argument for the other three. Mike, in looking at the AFC, I feel like there's an under-the-radar team in the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts. They've had a busy offseason. They traded for Matt Ryan. They got Stephon Gilmore. They traded for Yannick Ngakwe. What are your expectations for the Colts coming into 2022? Chris, I think you're overrated in evaluating the AFC South. You know, we did the overrated, underrated on Get Up this morning. 
<laughs> I totally disagree. I think Matt Ryan's days are behind him, and um, I think this is a team that's in transition, and I think their window may have closed, and for a team that couldn't beat Jacksonville last year again to the playoffs, I, I just don't see it. Well, I mean, I, I, I couldn't beat Jacksonville because Carson Wentz was awful. I, I'm not sure <laughs> that we've ever seen Matt Ryan play as bad as we saw Carson Wentz play in the last two regular season games for Indianapolis in 2021. I thought we were going to get back to Dak Prescott there, Chris, for a second. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do that. I mean, well, here's the thing. You want to talk about the Dak Prescott at all? We, we've been talking about Dak Prescott because of this list from Jeremy Fowler, Mike, and I struggle to see how, in what world, Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I think it's debatable when you bring in Derek Carr and Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, I think he's a tad bit overrated because he is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and they get more attention than any other team around the National Football League. That that they do, but I, I like I said before, like to me, like it's his intangibles that makes him so compelling. Like he's a calming force. He he's just he stabilizes that whole franchise. I mean, imagine where they would be with all the noise from Jason Garrett to McCarthy, like where they would be if it was a guy that was on social media all the time. It would just be throwing gas on the fire. I think his presence and calmness is almost underrated. So, Mike, what you're telling me as a general manager, Dak Prescott is better than Lamar Jackson. If I had to play one game right now to win a football game, I'm taking Dak Prescott over Lamar Jackson. Okay, if you're drafting one of these quarterbacks, are you taking Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I'm super intrigued by Lamar long-term. My only concern about Lamar, though, is durability. Is he going to be built to last having the ball in his hand so many times? So that would probably be the tiebreaker to me is – that, that's the only other concern is, given how dynamic he is, how much he has a ball, will he be able to withstand the rigors of a 17-game season year in and year out? Mike, good stuff. We appreciate it. I respect it. it. Take integrity by Mike Tannenbaum. Absolutely. He's standing by Dak Prescott. You, Mike, have yeah. never been overrated, and that's for certain. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Wow. Mike Tannenbaum saying that I'm overrating the AFC South. They're one of the worst divisions in football. Yeah, I might have called him overrated when he was Jets GM. That could have happened. Well, he is the GM that decided to trade up and draft Mark Sanchez. Oh, boy. Oof. Okay, on that note, let's get to Chris Chanty's list. It is coming up in just moments of the top five overrated players, most overrated players in the NFL. It is Canty and Carlin in Fort Greene on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. It's on the way next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Rough, rough open championship for Tiger Woods. Shot 78, plus seven, not going to make the cut. I, look, my favorite thing in all of professional sports is a comeback, a great comeback. Mm. And we've seen it a few times with Tiger, especially when, the one, when he won the Masters a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Chris, I feel like this might be it. And it's what he has done to even get to this point has been nothing short of miraculous. We didn't know, he didn't know if he was ever going to walk again not all that long ago after that accident. And here he is back competing. But I think for those who are hoping for yet one more little dose of magic from Tiger in the future, it might be asking too much at this point. Yeah, I think we're at that point, Carlin. I mean, you're talking about him shooting the highest opening round total in any major that he's ever played, and he shot a 78 yesterday at the Open. Now, that's the tournament that he's won, and so he he seemed like he was a shell of himself, and this was supposed to be a course that wasn't as demanding as the Open out in Oklahoma a few months back, but this is a situation now where we have to accept that this is the version of Tiger Woods we're going to get. He's going to compete. Uh, but we don't know that he's going to necessarily be in contention when it comes to the latter portion of the weekends in these championship rounds. But here's the thing, Carlin. Tiger Woods made some headlines this week when it came to his criticism of the live golfers, and I find it fascinating that this has been a topic that's been so polarizing around the sport of golf. And what Tiger Woods had to say, I didn't necessarily agree with. Talking about how players with all of the guaranteed money that's being thrown around at the live tour – lose their incentive to go out there and compete. I'm just not sure that I see it the same way. If you want to criticize where the money comes from, I'm okay with that conversation. But I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for golf that the Live Tour is stepping in and being as aggressive as they are in terms of them wanting to make a push to challenge where the PGA Tour is at. Well, I think when you make the comment that you're not sure that you're going to be able to um, compete at that same level because of the guarantee – That's coming from a place where Tiger is at a different place in his career, where if you're a younger player, if you're Dustin Johnson, somebody like that, and you're taking all that money, you may not look at it like, well, now I don't have to compete. If you're Tiger at late 40s and your career is winding down and you take a large guarantee, you might look at it that way, if that makes but sense. But think about this. Tiger Woods is like a his bil- perspective now Ti- is Tiger Woods has been a billionaire for how long yeah. and he's been competing at a high level in golf. So I don't understand how the money equates to a guy not being motivated to go out there and play his best. I just, that part of it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think the mentality can change with the older that you get. Stay out of them pockets, coming. Tiger. Stay out their pockets. <laughs> Greeny, the podcast. Tiger Woods finished nine over, and the projected cut at the open is basically at even. Yeah. It's over. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, we're getting to Chris Canty's list of the top five most overrated players in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And we're going to do that in just, hang on a second. I got to share this story, though, first. Okay. We'll get to it in two minutes here. I saw this, and I, I, I'm sorry, I can't resist a good Florida man story. Mm. I can't. Florida man arrested after trying to flee deputies on a riding lawnmower. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Apparently, this gentleman uh, avoided arrest earlier this year when police were trying to track him down about a $40,000 stolen boat. So in, instead of running, he hopped on his John Deere. Mm-hmm. Kicked it into, quote, high gear (laughs) and tried to get away from police officers that way. And when he couldn't, he ditched it in the swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know why he got on the John Deere and not in the car, right? The John Deere had more gas. You've seen gas prices. That's true. I mean, that's that's probably what. What's, what's the happened. mileage on a John Deere these I, days? I have no idea, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that he ain't the only one who's got more gas in his riding lawnmower than his car. This will surprise you. Uh, in order to get him at the end, deputies had to hit him with stun guns. <laughs> so he got hit big with a stun gun. Yeah, big shocker, so to speak. One. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I I can't get enough of those stories those when they come stories? up. Well, yeah. that and just. Not even Florida. Just the sheer stupidity that can that can really come out. And and not only I listen. Ryan McGee of Marty and McGee told me last year uh, had him on the show, and he was telling me about uh, you know ESPN the Ocho had the lawnmower races on. Yes, and I absolutely loved it. He used to call them. So you're a lawnmower race guy. I couldn't get enough when it was on the Ocho last year. And when he's calling the play by play for that, I'm like. That's the job. So let me get this right. You've watched more lawnmower races than you have NASCAR races. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely I have. I will not That's lie about hilarious. that. That's I hilarious. am more of a lawnmower racing guy. Got it. Okay. I was Never always, knew. I was always mad when I was a kid that we couldn't get the ride-on mower. Yeah. I'm like, Dad, can we, you know, can we get the ride-on mower? Well, the mower? dad didn't need the ride-on mower. He had you to cut the grass. That was the argument. Exactly. Exactly. That's the whole point. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. It is once again time for the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. Second straight day of the C-List in place of the Green List. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio because Canty has a tremendous list. I'll say that now before I hear it. (laughs) The top five most overrated players in the NFL. Are you ready? I'm ready, but you liked the list yesterday when it came to the quarterbacks under the most pressure to get to the Super Bowl. You liked that list. I did like that list. Okay, so you're going to love this list because respectfully – I'm going to call some guys out based on where they ranked in Jeremy Fowler's survey of NFL executives about players in the top 10 at position groups going into training camp. So when I say respectfully, that means I'm about to throw a whole lot of shade (laughs) at some really big names around the National Football League. But, Carlin, you know I'm loyal to the game before anything else. I got to call it like I see it. So without further ado, let's get to it. Number five. Number five, I got Derwin James. Oh, wow. Derwin James. And see, here's the thing. When you talk about the L.A. Chargers, Derwin James is one of the first three names that you bring up, right? You talk about Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. You talk about Joey Bosa. And then it's Derwin James, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the Derwin James that everybody is projecting for 2022, we ain't seen since 2019. All right? This is the guy in 2019 that made an all-pro This ain't the Derwin James that we saw last year. Now, you can blame it on the torn labrum in his shoulder, which he had surgery this offseason to repair. You can even blame it on the torn meniscus that he had a couple of years ago that forced him to miss the entirety of the 2020 campaign. All I'm simply saying is, 
by by virtue of the injuries that he's gone through, based on what we saw on the field last year, Derwin James is not the same player. And Carlin, I can run down the list of several safeties that have had better seasons in 2021 than Derwin James. Buda Baker, Harrison Smith, both of the guys up in Buffalo, you name it. There are a lot of other safeties that put together more impactful seasons than Derwin James in 2021. And I think Derwin James right now is trading off of reputation rather than the player he is. He's not the fourth best at his position. Interesting. Number four. We're going to stay in Southern California, and I know that a lot of people think it's going to be return of the Mac with Khalil Mack changing teams from the Chicago Bears to the L.A. Chargers, and that may well be the case. But when we say return of the Mac, you mean the guy that we saw in 2018 and not the guy that we've seen the last three seasons because none of those years were double-digit sack seasons for Khalil Mack. And people will make this excuse, well, the Chicago Bears offense was awful and the defense was on the field all the time. And he opened it up for Robert Quinn, who had a huge year. But that's my point, though, Carlin. Yeah. Robert Quinn was in trouble. Marvel Quinn had 18 and a half sacks, and you say he opened it up for Robert Quinn, did he? Because Khalil Mack only played in seven games. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, Robert Quinn, who was on that same defense, had 18 and a half sacks. He can't be on the top ten list. How is he not on the list, but we got Khalil Mack on the list? I don't understand it. Khalil Mack, just a tad bit overrated. We're not talking about the same guy that won AP Defensive Player of the Year in 2016. That is not the same Khalil Mack that's going to the L.A. Chargers. Number three. I hate to do it because it's giant on giant crime. (laughs) But you know where I'm going. One Saquon Barkley. He's overrated, Carlin. And I get it. Jeremy Fowler didn't have him in the top ten. He was honorable mention. Carlin, I don't even know if he deserves that. Wow. I don't know if Saquon Barkley at this stage of his career deserves honorable mention. He's played in 15 games over the last two years and combined in those seasons didn't crack 1,000 yards from scrimmage. I'm sorry if you look at the career arc, the trajectory, the production, it's going in the wrong direction. And Carlin, he continues to stay nicked up. I don't know that running backs get healthier as they get older and get more miles on them. So uh, we'll see what this new regime, Brian Dayball, this offense decides they're going to do in terms of how they deploy him. But I don't know that Saquon Barkley – let me check that. I know that Saquon Barkley is not the, the force multiplier that the Giants anticipated him being when they took him second overall in 2018 because it's been double-digit loss season after double-digit loss season after double-digit loss season. Saquon Barkley is a star only by name now. Number two. Well, if you didn't like my Saquon Barkley take, you're really not going to like this take because we're <laughs> going to Charlotte, North Carolina, oh. and we're going to the Carolina Panthers – Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey checked in at seventh on the running back list that Jeremy Fowler was able to compile. And I'm telling you, I don't think he's the seventh best running back in the National Football League. And I don't care that the Panthers are paying him $16 million a year. I don't care that three years ago he had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. I'm talking about what you are right now, not what you were. And Christian McCaffrey is a running back right now that's played in 10 games over the last two years. Yep. That's the reality of who he is. And so we have to accept that. We cannot assign a level of health to Christian McCaffrey that we haven't seen in the past two seasons. And again, my point about running backs with Saquon Barkley, it applies to McCaffrey. We can't talk about running backs being what they were because running backs don't get healthier and more productive as they get later into their career, unless you're Adrian Peterson. All I'm simply saying is Christian McCaffrey, again, another one of these running backs that's a star by name only, And it could be to the detriment of his head coach because you could be talking about Matt Rule being on the way out. Number one. I know where we're going. 
I know where we're going. Let's hear it. Let's do it. Bring it. I got to do it, man. I, I, I have to do it. It's Dak Prescott. Yes. And Lewis Riddick and Mike Tannenbaum are trying to tell me I'm crazy this morning when I was going to get up when I say that he was the most overrated player. But, Carlin, help me out here, man. When you think about the top ten quarterbacks in the National Football League and Lamar Jackson not being on the list and Dak Prescott checking in at 10th, I got a serious problem with that, man. Mm -hmm. And here's the other part of this. I don't know that Dak Prescott is 11th. I don't know that Dak Prescott is 12th. Can we definitively say that Dak Prescott is better than Lamar Jackson? No. Can we definitively say that Lamar Jackson is better than Derek Carr? I mean, not Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott is better than Derek Carr. No. Can we definitively say that Dak Prescott is better than Kyler Murray? No. Can we definitively say that Dak Prescott is better than Kirk Cousins? No. So what the hell are we talking about with Dak Prescott being the 10th-ranked quarterback in the National Football League? I'm tired of people making excuses for Dak Prescott and why he can't have success when it matters the most. He's been in this league since 2016, only had one playoff win, despite over that span having one of the best offensive lines in football, having one of the best skill position cores in football, having a running back that's won multiple rushing titles, having a wide receiver that was a top five pick, having CeeDee Lamb, having Michael Gallup, I mean, having a defense that was number one in takeaways last year, and a defense that might have the best defensive player in all of football, and you can only win one playoff game? I'm sorry, man. At some point, we got to stop blaming Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy for why Dak Prescott can't have success. Somebody wants to respond. Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL analyst this morning. Come on, Chris. Chris, come on now. Come on now. This seems like a real emotional ranking right there with Dak Prescott. Look, we can't continue to individualize the game of football in the way in which we do, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks, when we know, based on what you just said, he needs to do more when it matters the most in order to get his team over the hump. I understand that the expectation for Dak Prescott is always for him to be better than what he has been in terms of winning when it matters the most. But this is a team game, man, because individually – his stats are deserving of him being at least top 10. But think about it, though, Carlin. Individually, he's got great stats. Why does he have those great stats? Because he's got a good offensive line. Because he had Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tony Pollard. Lyle Collins, mm. their, their right tackle, who had over 70 starts, they had to cut him this offseason because they couldn't pay him. He's a cap casualty. Same with Amari Cooper. Guess what? If Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback, well, damn it, go out there this year and prove it. Because you're going to have to elevate the talent around you because the offense that you're on now isn't going to be as talented as the offense that you've been on in the past. So if you want to prove that you're not overrated, go out there and show us this year. Get your team to the playoffs. Oh, by the way, you play in a division where you're talking about Jalen Hurts, who's going into his second full season as a starter, Carson Wentz with the Washington Commanders, and then, of course, Daniel Jones, who the Giants didn't exercise his fifth-year option. It should be a low bar to clear for Dak Prescott to win the division and get to the playoffs. But then once you get there, how about you try to win a playoff game? It would be nice. It would be nice. All I'm simply saying is we got to stop making excuses for Dak Prescott. I think he's a winning quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. Can you get a Super Bowl with him? Probably. But at some point, he's got to deliver on that promise, that potential. And you know what Bill Parcells used to always say about the word potential, Carlin? It just means you haven't done it yet, and potential gets coaches fired. 
Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus for all the ones who get it done. Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. It's Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. I'm, before I get to the charges, we're going to do them real quick. Mm. I'll give you three guys that should have been on the list or right. could have been on the list. Okay. Jamal Adams, mm. incredibly overrated. Zeke should absolutely be on the list, but Zeke wasn't on the top 10 running back list, so I don't know how rated he is anymore. Yeah, he was honorable mention on the list, but I think Saquon Barkley – I mean, both of those guys, right. I could've, you, you could have flipped the coin and went with either one of them. And the other one would be Aaron Rodgers. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, the talent on that roster, especially the moves they made, bringing one of the best corner free agents in all of football, Khalil Mack. I mean, come on, man. I mean, if they stay healthy, watch out for the Chargers. Everything they've done, I think, has been ahead of the curve. And, yes, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yes, they spit the bid at the end of the season. I get it. This is the team I think is going to make the biggest jump this year. Chris, I absolutely love the Chargers this season. J.C. Jackson, everything they did. Their biggest problem defensively last year was stopping the run. They went out and addressed that with guys like Sebastian Joseph Day. Mm -hmm. I think the Chargers, even though it is as difficult a division as it is, really could contend not just to win the division, I think they can legitimately contend to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Yeah, they also got Austin Johnson, the defensive tackle from the New York Giants. Yep. That should help out big time as well. So, I mean, yeah, I, I like the Chargers' prospects. I think their secondary has the potential to be scary good. I mean, You're Derwin, dead right about Derwin James, Derwin James, by the way. Derwin James has to stay healthy, but think about what they added. J.C. Jackson yep. to go alongside Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, that 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 is a pretty daunting secondary and then you got Russian coverage working together Khalil Mack Joey Bosa coming off the edge you're going to need that pass rush when you're talking about the quarterbacks that they got to face off in the division Derek Carr Pat Mahomes and you're talking about also having to deal with that dude that just got to Denver and Russell Wilson so I, I, I think the Chargers have a chance to be a wild card team, I still don't think they're a team that challenges for this division, Carlin. Color me skeptical. I just don't see that yet. I think there's a natural progression to go along with this thing. And the fact that they did lose that game in week 18 against the Las Vegas Raiders goes to show you that experience matters when it comes to playoff style football. I'll tell you the one thing, though. Brandon Staley, don't outthink yourself this year. You know, well, you, you, you can outthink yourself. Yeah. Guess what? You won't be the head coach in 2023. Yeah. And Sean Payton will. Exactly. <laughs> so good luck with that. If hey. you want to roll the dice on those sketchy fourth down calls, be my guest. But if it doesn't work out, guess who the Spanos family is going to turn to? Yeah. And look, you can talk about the analytics and all that stuff all you want. Whatever you want to do, do not screw it up for your own team because I think that team is that good. That good. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.